Disney with impressive earnings numbers, stimulus progress, and is square a buy. This is the Running With Money podcast. Let's get into it. My, oh my, the markets with some mixed action today after just an insane week of moving to the upside. The Dow Jones down 59 points, NASDAQ up 16, S&P 500 up 3, Rust 2K down 2, and the VIX falling 4.6%. My, oh my, is it going to break down through 20 this time? Who knows? Only has 0.27 to go to break the $20 floor, it seems, in the VIX. It'll be very interesting to see what happens, but... Taking a look at the overall market today, it's just a big mixed bag. We got a lot of amazing names down, while we have a lot of frothy, more speculative names moving further to the upside. Um, But we're going to shift into the analyst calls of the day, and there's not many, most of them downgrades. But uh, taking a look at the first major downgrade, in my opinion, Airbnb downgraded by Wolf to perform from outperform. I completely agree with this. I think that Airbnb was a high flyer. It's definitely overvalued. Um, and I think that people really just need to take a step back um, at Airbnb and be like, okay, let's take a look at the financials to see how they actually perform on a financial basis before we pump this stock anymore. Absolute rocket ship since IPO. If we take a look, um, it is just, you know, an insanely uh, high flyer, big time mover, whatever you want to call it. I think it's definitely due for a cool off after running all the way up to $210 a share. If we take a look at the all-time chart, I mean, it started at 146 and now we're sitting at 211 Um, and that's in no time. I mean, it didn't IPO that long ago. Um, So I definitely agree with this downgrade here. Now, City raised its price target on Alphabet uh, to $2,415 per share from 2086 I like that. If I take a look... At Alphabet, Google, whatever you want to call it, I really do like it. It's currently trading at 2,092. Uh, we are saying it was a buy all the way back around 18, 1900. Um, I continue to think it's a buy. Uh, I think YouTube is going to be a huge key to the future of Alphabet, and I think it's going to be very exciting to see. In fact, it's one of the only green Fang stocks out and out today. Now, uh, Bank of America raised its price target on Disney to 223 bucks per share from 192. I completely agree with that, and we're going to take a look at Disney earnings in a minute. But Disney continues to impress um, with their recovery. Uh, if you take a look at Disney, uh, yeah, there are many issues when it comes to the parks revenue, when it comes to a few other revenue segments. But the Disney Plus is what's so interesting about Disney. It's the ultimate reopening play with a streaming play on top of it, which is seeing fantastic growth. Uh, If you take a look at Disney Plus, the growth and subscriber growth that they are seeing is insane. And I firmly do believe that Disney is going to overtake Netflix when it comes to streaming in the very new future, maybe next four years. Um, I do think that Disney is going to be very successful. But taking a look at Disney earnings, uh, EPS of 32 cents, uh, much, much better than the expected EPS uh, consensus estimate um, out of the analyst of negative 41 cents. Uh, yeah, so a big time beat on EPS. And then if we take a look, revenues is $16.25 billion uh, versus the $15.9 billion expected. So they beat on revenue expectations and EPS expectations uh, quite, you know, big time. Uh, and then Disney Plus reported $95 million 
paid subscribers that continue to hit goals, that continue to grow, um, and continue to deliver big subscriber numbers, and that is very exciting to see. Now, there is negatives with the Disney earnings. Of course, if we take a look, um, the parks, uh, experiences, and product segment declined 53% in revenues to $3.5 billion. And, you know, content sales and licensing revenues declined 56% uh, to $1.7 billion. So there definitely are negative segments of their revenues uh, that we need to pay attention to. We need to keep looking at. We need to, you know, we need to see the recovery in them. Um, And I really do think that Disney is going to recover quite well. They're they're an iconic brand that I don't think is going anywhere. Um, You know, most of their content is much more loved, liked, and uh, I would say... Um, kept in the memories of people than a lot of other um, Disney-type media houses. Uh, so I definitely do think that Disney is a major player in the entertainment space, if not the biggest. Um, and I do think that you bet on Disney here for the long term. I think the recovery in Disney stock is going to be remarkable. Not the stock. I mean, the stock's darn near at all-time highs, at all-time highs. I'm pulling a little back today, but, you know, I think that the stock can move higher over 200. I think possibly 220 uh, within that range is definitely doable. I agree with Bank of America on this one. It's coming down after a huge rally in the earnings. Um, you know, it's down 1.8% today, uh, currently at 187 per share. I wouldn't say it's a buy now. I'd wait, see if there's a little more downside. And if there is, pick some up. And then, uh, you know, so overall, my conclusion on earnings was, you know, it was quite good for the current uh, state of the country, the social environment um, and what Disney can do. Disney plus growth is remarkable um, and continues to impress. And I think management's doing a fine job uh, pulling this company out of disaster in March due to the pandemic into even more success. I think that Disney comes out probably 10 times stronger um, from the pandemic than they were prior to the pandemic. And that's just a belief of mine. I uh, now stimulus progress in the house. So the house um, has finally advanced those $1,400 direct payments. Now, this is a very, very small step um, in the whole process of passing stimulus, whether it actually passes the Senate, that's a huge question mark. Um, I somewhat doubt it. But the House did advance $1,400 payments, and some committees in the House have already approved the $1.9 trillion stimulus package, so it's very exciting to see. There is progress on stimulus, and it will be interesting to see if we get it. Now, it's not all good. Um, now, while the American people will definitely benefit from a stimulus, at the same time, they won't. Uh, inflation is likely to be a key issue uh, as we continue to print all of this money that most of it we don't have, um, and if that continues to occur, inflation is going to just go crazy. Um, and that is, you know, not amazing for, uh, every American citizen out here. So there's definitely something to pay attention to now square. We have to talk about square and I'm very interested in square. If we take a look, um, at square as a whole square is a major financial technology name that provides sellers with the ability to start and grow businesses in a digital manner. Not only that, but Square's product lines also boast Square Cash, Cash App, and the company now has started to integrate Bitcoin. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, technology names, especially in the financial space, have been propelled into the spotlight, which in turn sent Square stock on a massive 232% run throughout the past year. Now, while Square has run an immense amount, many argue that the stock continues to be a buy, and I'm one of those people. Given the substantial growth in Cash App 
and the company's investments into the Bitcoin space. Digging into the numbers, Square beat Q3 expectations with an EPS of 34 cents, much better than the analyst EPS consensus estimate of 18 cents. On a year-over-year basis, EPS improved 36%. So overall, amazing numbers out of Square so far in a solid thesis for the company, especially on this EPS growth. I love to see the EPS growth. It's one of the key things I look at, um, and it is solid here, 36% year-over-year EPS growth. Now, furthermore, revenues increased substantially in the third quarter by a strong 140% to $3.03 billion. Um, for comparison, the Q3 2019 revenues level was $1.27 billion, so a huge increase, 140%. Love it. Um, and then management was also pleased to report strong profit for Q3 with gross profit totaling $794 million, representing a 59% increase on a year-over-year basis. Now, gross payments volume was very strong as well, with GPV gross payment volume totaling $31.7 billion in Q3, representing a solid 12% increase on a year-over-year basis. It is important to note, though, that the total GPV, seller GPV, was 91%, while the cash app business GPV was 9%. So that's something, you know, it's not a huge detail, but it is something to note when taking a look at gross payment volume, most of it coming from seller gross payment volume. Now, on the subscription front, subscription and service-based revenues totaled $448 million, up 60% on a year-over-year basis. Um, All the while, gross profits for the segment totaled $381 million, representing a 76% year-over-year increase. So we continue to see solid numbers out of square when it comes to revenue growth, gross payment volume, and DPS, all numbers we like to see. Now, the positivity continued with Square reporting stellar gross profit as well of $409 million, up 12% year-over-year, and a cash app gross profit of $395 million. That's a 212% increase on the the cash app gross profit on a year-over-year basis. Love to see it. And then, as for net income, Square reported a solid $37 billion in net income and an adjusted EBITDA of $181 million, which the EBITDA is up 38% year over year. So the numbers are continuing the move to the upside, continuing to grow, and Square is starting to see and continuing to see consistent revenues and income and profit growth, and that is something we love to see. Now, taking a look at Cash App, just Cash App alone, daily actives increased as well, with daily transacting customers nearly doubling throughout Q3, And not only that, but stockbroker customers on Cash App saw 28% more transactions on Cash App, which resulted in a 15% gain in gross profits. Love to see it. Now, rounding out Cash App, uh, the app turned out $2.07 billion in revenue, representing an increase of 574% on a year-over-year basis all the while reduce, uh, producing a gross profit of $385 million, um, which we've noted increased 212%. So revenues for Cash App up 574%, gross profit up 212%. Yeah, I would think it's uh, you can call it a success at this point. Now, when it comes to expenses, operating expenses totaled $745 million in Q3, representing an increase in in expenses by 53% on a year-over-year basis, which is to be expected given the huge growth. I mean, you take a look at these numbers. We saw huge growth in revenue. We saw huge growth in income. We saw growth in profit. We saw growth in cash app, uh, just the whole user count alone and actives. We saw an increase in gross payment volume significantly. Um, So it is to be expected that we see operating expenses going up as well. I mean, at the end of the day, it does take money to make money. Um, and that is just how it works. 
Uh, so uh, that is to be expected. Fifty three percent is a you know it's a strong increase. Uh, I wouldn't strong. It's a big increase. Um, it's definitely not a positive, uh, but it is be, to be expected. So I don't take it as like a negative. Um, now on the downside, Square did not provide guidance, but the next earnings date for the company is February twenty third. Something to keep an eye on. The stock will likely continue to run into that catalyst. And if you take a look at Square stock today, hitting new fifty two week high, two hundred seventy one bucks a share. It's at uh up five. $0.75 today. Insane. I mean, stock continues to move to the upside. Absolute rocket ship. Um, 271 bucks per share. I think it continues to be a buy, um, and I think you just throw a 10% stop loss on it uh, all the way at the top here. Now, I prefer the way for pullback, so I'm not in it, um, but you know, if you really do want it right now and think it can continue to move to the upside after doing all of your research on top of what I'm telling you, then go for it. Just throw a tight stop loss on it. So in case the stock pulls back, you know, 10%, you're protected. Now, on the downside, um, well, not on the downside, I apologize, but shifting into the balance sheet. Uh, the numbers are solid. Uh, with a total debt of $2.232 billion, uh, total liabilities of $6.051 billion, total assets of $8.114 billion, and a cash and short-term investments level of $2.881 billion. So not a bad balance sheet whatsoever. Um, you know, definitely more assets and cash and short-term investments than there are liabilities and debt, something we always want to see on a balance sheet. And then as for valuation, this is where it gets sticky. Um, I'm taking a look at valuation. Square does trade at a premium with a price to earnings of 574.36 times, price to forward price to earnings of 231.85 times, a price to sales of 15.50 times, a price to book of 57.31 times, and a price to cash flow of 504.06 times. This is the definition, in my opinion, of froth. Um, but at the same time, at the same time, it's not. And this one is a tough call for me because I see the huge potential in Square. I think they have, you know, a huge um, runway to even more growth in the future. Definitely. Tons of growth. Um, The future is fintech and not much of the world is in fintech yet. But at the same time, this stock, if you look at the chart, goes parabolic on and off all the time. And then has major 10 to 15%, uh, maybe even 20% corrections. Um, so that is definitely something to pay attention to with those earnings coming up. Maybe I'd prefer to wait until those earnings within the next few weeks on the 27th. And then when they deliver, the stock will probably run into those earnings. And if it does, it'll probably sell off on amazing numbers and then pick it up. Um, but that's just my opinion. Uh, you know, so it's definitely, it's a give and take relationship when it comes to buying square right now. Now, uh, management, they've done a solid job with a return on equity of 18.72%, a return on assets of 5.12%, and a return on invested capital of 9.33%. Uh, now, given the numbers, the analysts are neutral on Square with a mean price target at $244.20 per share, representing a negative 8.17% downside. It is also important to note that the high price target is $304 per share, representing a 14.32% upside, with the low price target is $190 per share, representing a negative 28 0.55% downside. Now, many of you have been asking, um, when I relate to these analyst price targets, uh, what are they? Are they six-month, 12-month price targets? What are they? Um, so I am just going to let you know that they are, uh, I believe, 12-month, and they are, they're 12-month price targets on these names. Um, so when I say the analyst price target is $244.20 per share, and that's the mean price target, so the averages of all the price targets, um, that is a 12-month price target, but almost always, I see if a stock is very bullish like Square, like right now, um, 
the 12 month price target will just be completely shattered. Um, so that is definitely something to pay attention to. I mean, it even shattered the high price target, um, on square. I believe, Oh no, it hasn't yet. It's getting close though. 304 bucks a share. Um, so that definitely is something to pay attention to. Um, so when I relate to those analyst price targets, the 12 month price targets, thanks for asking whoever asked on Twitter. I figured I'd just mention it on the podcast. Um, now it is also, Important to note, we have a lot of also important to notes um, that the big money is quite involved with 73.47% of Square being owned by institutions. Top holders include ARC Investment Management, Morgan Stanley Investment Management, and the Vanguard Group. Uh, the usuals, uh, when it comes to the fintech names and a lot of these uh, advancing, very advanced technology companies, so I definitely like to see ARC is in there. Uh, ARC, I'm a big fan of ARC ETFs and ARC uh, management. I think they do an excellent job with their ETFs and they know how to predict the future. I mean, they've called so many names, um, you know, exactly correct that it is remarkable and it's very exciting to see that they're in square now on a techno basis square is bullish um you know if you look at the six month charts stock continues to move to the upside macd huge momentum to the upside um the rsi and cci are very overbought um so that definitely is something to pay attention to so in short square is a solid company with growing in in a growing industry um with consistently increasing revenues profits and a new new industries to grow into such as the cryptocurrency space so a lot of growth i see in the future of Square, whether the stock has gotten a bit hot here, yes, it has. Um, I'm not a buyer right here. I prefer to wait for a pullback, and I think we will get one at some point within the next few weeks, likely maybe a 10-point pullback off the highs. That makes sense to me. Um, potentially even a 10% pullback if the overall market starts to sell off. You never really know. Um, that is just my little guess. That's my forecast, um, but I really do like it, and if you really want it right now, buy it. It could go higher and just put a 10% stop loss on it. So at the maximum, you're only losing 10% and you're not losing any more than 10% of the position's value. Um, that keeps your overall portfolio safe. It keeps the cash on hand that you have safe. So you're not digging into, um, your portfolio more than what you really, really want to risk on a trade. Um, so that is just my opinion, but digging into the watch list, we have to talk about the watch list per usual in the final minutes of the show. Apple, um, down the day, I continue to think Apple's a buy. I continue to think a lot of names are a buy, and people just aren't buying them. The Fang stocks, people, are a buy. How many times do I have to say it? The Fang stocks have been out of favor for, what, six months now? I mean, they have been out of favor for a while, pushing six months. I know Amazon has been out of favor for, like, four or five. I mean, it is just crazy. These stocks are all sideways. They're the best companies on planet Earth. I mean, I am not sure uh, what investors are thinking at the moment, but Apple, my goodness, they still have a ton of growth to go. Their services is just getting started. And not only that, but everyone uses an iPhone. I saw a stat like over 50% of people with a phone use an iPhone. That's insane. Imagine all the services that Apple could sell to them. And let's not mention the future plans um, that Apple has, you know, on a 10-year timeline, potentially a Apple car. My, oh my. There is a lot of stuff um, on top of Apple's already successfully growing segments that could be coming down the line that is looking very, very good. And that's why I like Apple. I think Apple is going to consistently do well. Plus they have a dividend. They pay you to hold their stock. So please take a look at Apple. Um, it's been honestly mostly flat in the past four months. Hasn't done much like insane moving to the upside. Uh, so that definitely is something to pay attention to. Most of the FANG stocks are running the same pattern. If you take a look at Amazon, same exact pattern sideways pretty much um, for a while now. I mean, just crazy. Uh, so definitely, definitely take a look at the FANG stocks. Amazon, Apple, Netflix, all 
sideways. Um, and I like to buy when these stocks are weak, not when they're strong. Um, so I like it. Now, the semiconductors, Taiwan Semi, NVIDIA, AMD, um, Broadcom, uh, Qualcomm, those names have actually in recent, uh, you know, recent weeks have all pulled back a little. Um, so definitely something to take a look to look at. I think AMD is a buy. Um, you take a look at AMD. I think it is a $100 plus stock. It's currently trading at 23. I think you could still buy it. Um, and I definitely do think over the next six months, it could potentially see well over 100. I like it a lot. The banks continue to do well. I see JP Morgan up 1.2%. I see Wells Fargo up 2.3%. I see uh, a lot. Goldman Sachs up nearly a percent. Um, overall, you know, I wouldn't say just willy-nilly go buy a bank. I only like three banks at the current moment a lot, like banks I'm willing to say buy. J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is the comeback play out of the banks. Um, They're kind of similar to a Disney in the fact that they are a recovery play or a Boeing. They're a recovery play in the aerospace. Um, I like these recovery plays. I think there's a lot of upside in these recovery plays, and I really do like Wells Fargo currently at 33.45. Um, it is approaching and it has been bouncing off. There is a resistance at 34, a long-time resistance, um, and if it breaks that, you could potentially see a lot of upside in the near future. Now, Boeing, speaking of Boeing, if we take a look at the aerospace space today, what do I see? Well, I see a Boeing down uh, flat. It's down, what, 0.06%. I see a Lockheed Martin down uh, half a percent. I see uh, Raytheon Technologies up 0.38%. I like all three. Um, I think Boeing is the comeback play out of them all. I think you can buy Boeing here. I think it's a great stock. Full disclaimer, I own Boeing um, as well as some Disney and Amazon, not Amazon, and Apple. Um, so I really like the big names. You can actually see, I put a tweet out, I believe, at the beginning of the week with my five core holdings um, at the current moment. Uh, and, you know, I prefer, when it comes to portfolio style, just a quick note, a lot of people ask, I don't prefer to have 30 freaking names in my portfolio. I prefer to have five, six, maybe even seven, eight really, really good, solid, strong companies that have upside, that have been pretty much shut out from the mainstream, that I believe have either been out of favor from the market and will come back in the favor and increase my profit potential. That's what I like to look for. Um, I really like stocks that have a much higher reward than risk ratio. And the current core holdings I have in my portfolio, well, they hold exactly that for me. Plus, they're stable names. Most of them offer a dividend, and that's what I love. Um, now, taking a look at healthcare, not too many people have been talking about healthcare lately, and it's kind of crazy. Bristol Myers, oh my goodness, one of the names I absolutely love. If I were to pick three names in the healthcare space to take a look at today, Abbevy, J&J, Bristol Myers, all three of them, to take a look at them. Uh, now, that is about it for the episode. Take a look at Disney and Netflix. Take a look at the streaming space. I think that's going to blow up as well. Fintech, PayPal, and Square are my two winners in the fintech space. I think, uh, you know, it's pretty much tied between Square and PayPal. Um, if I were building a fintech portfolio, Square and PayPal, 50-50 split, done. Um, but that's my personal opinion. Thank you for tuning in to the Running With The Money podcast. Check out Passive. It's an awesome investing platform, Passive.com. Link in the description of the podcast. Also, check out an op awesome options course if you want to learn options. Options, well, they're going to make you a lot more profit once you learn how to trade them. But definitely go take a look at those. Thank you all for listening. Um, follow me and my team at Running With Money on Facebook and Instagram. Also follow me on Twitter at Luke Donate and ask any questions you have on any post in the comments. Thank you for listening. I will see you Monday with another episode of the Running With The Money podcast.